Hello and welcome back to Footprints. It's September and you're listening to the latest episode with me, Pommy Harmer. We're into the countdown to the walking festival now, which starts in a few days. And so in this episode, it's my job to tempt you to sign up for walks. And I'll be talking to the festival organiser herself, Lucy Bartlett, to find out more. Later on, I'll be trying out one of the festival's self-guided walks. It's one devised by Cleveland Pools. But first, what is the history of walking festivals? How did they start? And do we know where the first one took place? Well, it's hard to find out exactly where walking festivals started, but Hebden Bridge Walkers Action Group might have something to do with it. Back in 2007, they started a nationwide accreditation scheme called Walkers Are Welcome. The aim, then, was to get towns and villages to encourage people to get out walking by promoting local walks and provide excellent walking information. Also, making sure their footpaths were kept nice and clear. And as part of the scheme, they produced stickers and leaflets for local businesses to use, saying, Walkers Are Welcome Here. Now more than 100 towns and villages have signed up to the scheme and from this initiative many have gone on to develop walking festivals. According to the Guardian newspaper, in 2019 at a rough count there were 150 odd walking festivals planned in the UK. They are all over the country and the ones local to Bath include the Soma Valley Walking Festival in Baines which we are linking up to this year. Bristol has its month-long walk fest in May. Wootton, Winchcombe and Dursley each have one in the Cotswolds. Bradford-on Avon and Corsham hold one every year in Wiltshire. And in Somerset, there's the Mendit Ramblers Festival, the Somerset Levels and Moors Strollers, and let's not forget the Top of the Gorge Festival in Cheddar Gorge. But let's get back to our festival in Bath. This year it's running from the 11th to the 26th of September and Lucy Bartlett, our illustrious leader, has spent many, many months planning and organising it. Lucy, welcome. Hello. I walk in my sleep now. (laughs) I bet you do. So before we hear a little bit about which walks people can still sign up for, maybe just start with giving us a flavour of what the festival is all about and what it offers. It is. 70, that is, it's got up to now, 70 free guided walks throughout Bath, the city and the surrounding hills, and also stretching out into the Soma Valley. And there is, as we always say, something for everyone, whether you want to walk through a park listening out for bats, or whether you want to do a 13-mile hike through the countryside and everything in between. Lots of the walks are about a theme Typically, social history, less told stories, hidden histories and things like architecture and all the rest of it. And also just just walking for the for the sake of walking. The thing about Bath is you're never more than 15 minutes away from a view and the countryside is stunning. And so the, the walking festival is really all about helping local people discover something new and visitors to Bath think, oh, I'd like to stay here for a bit longer. Look at all this fantastic walking I can do. But it's not just about walking. It's about learning things as you go along. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and we find that people really enjoy that combination. So there's a bit of being outdoors and physical exercise, but the walks are led by a local expert 
in something who is generous in their time to impart their knowledge. And it's I find when you're when you're talking about something or hearing about something, you don't really notice that you're walking. So you walk, you walk further and yeah, and and hopefully come away having discovered something completely new or just seen something in a different light, picking out those details that you just wouldn't notice if somebody wasn't wasn't pointing them out to you. And it's a relatively safe thing to do in this time of COVID. So how many walkers, Lucy, are you expecting to attract? We would expect to, including those that take part in the in the Julian House Circuit of Bath Walk that I know we'll talk to. This year I'm I'm expecting between 1,000 1,500 people overall. Wow, that's so many. Fantastic. Now um I know you that some of the walks have limited numbers and are now full. So which walks can people still sign up for? Some of the walks, those walks I mentioned in the Soma Valley, which is around the Peasdown, Port and Westfield area, those you, you can just turn up on the day and then register. So there should still be spaces on those. And then within the main walking festival, we've still got some really nice walks. Some of the walks which are midweek and slightly longer, there are still spaces on. And coincidentally, we've got them in starting in villages scattered scattered around the edge so you can do one exploring the Midford area um, we've got a really nice walk all around Lansdowne which even though it's right on top of a hill that's virtually it's a seven or eight mile walk completely on the flat more or less and there's there's also a special treat in that one which um, I don't even know completely what it is the walk leader will take you and then we've also got walks in Upper Swainswick and that sort of area so so some of those longer walks, those are all still available, I think probably because they're midweek. And then the final weekend, there's a fascinating walk called Homes Not Hutches, which is a really classic social history talk about the South Down Estate, which was built in the 30s as a response to everything that was going on. And it was in the day when the estate was was developed to be a real model community. And the ethos at the time was that it should be high quality dwellings at affordable rents. So that's that's going to be a really interesting piece of recent social history. And then we've also still got spaces on bat walks, which are really popular with families, and also spaces on three wellbeing walks at Newbridge Slopes, which is a green space that Avon Wildlife Trust are managing now near Newbridge Park and Ride. And so we're doing some sort of mindfulness well-being walks there. So all of those have got spaces on and lots of the others have as well. If you have a look, the website shows which ones are fully booked. And which walk kicks it all off? The Community Matters walk on Saturday at 11 o'clock is technically the first walk. But also just to mention, at the same time, running from 11 till 3, we and Bath Area Play Project and the Cleveland Pools Trust will all be in Kensington Meadows having a, a family day that anybody can come to. And you can try out the Cleveland Pools self-guided walk, which I believe you've done, Pommy. And people can pick up a version of that, but also just hang out in the park with us and do some nature stuff and some, some active play. Excellent. Yes, I did do it. And we'll hear that at the end of this episode. Now... That starts off the festival and the Circuit of Bath closes the festival with its 20-mile fundraiser for Julian House Homelessness Charity on the 26th of September. This is a circular walk around the city and for any listeners who didn't hear the May episode where we featured the last walk, 
Can you just remind us how it works? Yeah, you need to register with Julian House and there's still time to do that. Um, they'll, they'll still be accepting people joining. And then you can start, you can choose from any of the uh, five checkpoints where you can start. And if you're a bit worried that 20 miles is a bit long, there's then a shuttle bus between checkpoints if you decide you want to, to cut it short. So you can set out with the intention of doing 20 miles, but you won't be left stranded if you if you feel that you can't make it. And yeah, it's it's always really popular. It's really, really well organised. It's a stunning walk because you just do see views above all the way around it. I did it last year and I, I really, really do recommend it. And I'm going to be doing it this year. So we'll hear a little bit about that in our final podcast. Excellent. And, and I understand it's been waymarked now in both directions. Yep. So part of the Bathscape project has always been for this to be a permanent walking trail. I mean, you wouldn't call it a long distance walking trail because it's 20 miles, but it, it's going to be a permanent waymarked route. And so the Cotswolds volunteer wardens and the local ramblers work parties have been out busy putting up finger posts or attaching Bathscape waymark to the post. So it should be easier this year to, to navigate. And you'll also be able to do it at other times of year as well, but possibly in shorter chunks. But if you want to do the whole 20 miles in one day, then I do really recommend it doing when it's organised and you've got the checkpoints and everything else with Julian House. The rest of the time, you might do it in slightly smaller, slightly smaller chunks. Yes, absolutely. And as I said, we'll be bringing that in our last episode after the festival has ended. And we'll also be featuring highlights from this year's walks and maybe also some ideas from the consultation you're hosting. What is that all about, Lucy? Yeah, so I'm doing a walk called What Makes a Good Walk Walk at the Round Hill in Southdown, Twerton on the 22nd, where people can just drop in and tell us what makes a good walk. So I'm doing that with Cotswolds National Landscape because the next phase of their work, once the Circuit of Bath route is completed, is to think about other walking routes that we might want to develop into walking trails and either make some physical improvements or just have them as photo trails or downloadable PDFs or whatever. And so it'd be great for us to hear from people about what they like for a mixed audience. So so people that don't necessarily walk very much at the moment. So what what makes it more accessible for them? What sort of things do they want? What information do they need? All that sort of thing so that we can make some resources over the next year or two, which are really, really relevant to what people want. That's the kind of aim of it. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what people have to say. And then, I guess, Lucy, you'll be up for a rest, won't you? What happens for you after the festival has ended? Do you go off and hibernate? I will certainly take a little bit of annual leave where, unsurprisingly, I will probably go on a walking holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well... We know that you're passionate about walking. Thank you so much for organising this year's festival. And I cannot wait to get out there and record some of the highlights. Me too. Thank you. decided to have a go at recording a walk this month and I chose one of the self-guided walks on offer during the festival. This one is devised by the Cleveland Pools Project. 
Now, the Cleveland Pools is Britain's oldest Lido, dating back over 200 years, and it is set to open once again. It's taken 17 years of campaigning and finally a lottery grant to restore the site back to a community pool. Interestingly, the energy for heating the water will come from heat pumps in the nearby river. Work has begun and the first swim is planned for next year. Now, if you'd like to find out more or even get involved yourself, you can talk to volunteers from the project between 11 and 3 p.m. on Saturday, September the 11th. They will be in Kensington Meadows handing out their latest self-guide walking tour. And that's what I decided to have a go at. So here we go with a very special preview. And here I am at the start in Laura Place. Quite noisy as it's a roundabout. It's on the Henrietta Park side of Pulteney Bridge. I've got the downloaded map in front of me. And here we go, back over the bridge into the city. Now, what does it have to say about the Great Bridge? Did you know, it says, Pulteney Bridge is famous for being one of only four bridges in the world to have buildings on both sides of the bridge as well as across its full span. No, I didn't. And of course, I immediately want to know where the other three are. So, googling very quickly, they are the Kramerbrücke in Erfurt in Germany. Never heard of that one. Venice's Rialto Bridge and Florence's Ponte Vecchio. So our very own Pulley Bridge is even more special than I knew. Pulley Bridge is a buzz with people, tourists, shoppers, it's all happening here today. And as I walk over the bridge, I can see through on both sides beautiful view of the river on one side and the weirs. It's amazing. It's now directing me onto Bridge Street and to spot a statue of Queen Victoria. Apparently, as an 11-year-old girl, she visited Bath in 1830 to open Royal Victoria Park. The story goes that during the visit, she overheard a local resident make a comment about the thickness of her ankles. And as a result, she never returned to the city. What a thing to say. She was only 11 at the time. I wouldn't come back if someone said that about me. And so on we go round the corner, past Upper Borough Walls, past New Bond Street, Waitrose, in fact, into Walcott Street. Now, Walcott Street apparently was regarded as the artisan quarter of the city since Roman times. Archaeological excavations show an ancient settlement that would have included shops, accommodation, and workshops, similar to the Walcott Street of today. Interestingly, it was the Saxons who named the street Walcott, meaning the place of strangers, because of the cosmopolitan nature of the area. 
In the Middle Ages, the area became like a small village outside the city, with St Swithin's Church at its centre. Let's go and find that then. So here we are at St Swithin's. Huge church at the top of Walcott Street by the roundabout. It's a nice little garden with two chairs, four chairs, six chairs even. It's all locked up. I've driven past this church many times and I never knew that it was here that Jane Austen's parents were married in 1764 and that her father was once rector here. Apparently it's been a site of worship since the 10th century. Now Hedgemead Park, it says, which lies opposite St Swithin's on the other side of the road, used to have 273 houses on it. But in 1881, half of them were destroyed following a major landslip. Two years later, after another slip, the council decided to evacuate residents and demolish the remaining buildings. And now it's a very beautiful park. Here comes the Bath Skyline Tour. Hop on, hop off. Maybe I should go on that. Here I am in Riverside Walk. That is the noise of the work being done on the other side of the river to get Cleveland pools up and running. On this side it's a nature reserve and it says if I'm lucky I might spot kingfishers or otters. Judging from the noise in this city today I doubt if I'll spot anything. If you've never been to Kensington Meadows before, it's really worth coming. It's a beautiful riverside walk with a huge meadow up above where you could bring kids. There's a slide, a huge slide reaching down from the meadows down to the walk just in front of me. Looks good fun. And on the other side is the river. Two beautiful, beautiful, big, almost black, dark green dragonflies. If you're doing this walk and you spot the pools, take a picture, put it on social media and tag it. Cleveland Pools Bath. They'd really love it if you did that. There's a squirrel. This area is rich in blackberries and squirrels. And although I can hear people, I can't see a soul. We're coming to a bridge. So I've got to the end of Riverside Walk and I'm just turning right over the bridge, goes over the river. There's a lovely seat at the beginning of it. I'm going to sit here 
Just take it in for a minute. Walk's just taken me to the Undercliff Urban Farm. Ahoy, it says. We're a small, small-scale market gardening operation over two sites using organic methods, building soil. All veg is shifted by cargo bicycle. Produce is available from the cottage garden stall at Dartington Wharf, 500 metres away. And it also says, look out for the Asian hornet, a large black and orange wasp. Apparently they're a pest. Here we are going back over another bridge over the railway this time. Part of Bath I've never been to in my life. Now coming right down the back of Cleveland Pools, I'm at the entrance to the Bathwick Boatman Riverside Restaurant. Pleasure boating, it says, was definitely a thing for the Victorians. And the Bath Boating Station, which is a couple of hundred metres downstream from the Cleveland Pools, organised regattas and other events. It is said that Captain Evans, the pool's manager in this period, was an expert in the art of escapology and frequently performed at these events. He would throw himself into the river, helplessly bound in chains, and then after a long interval, he would miraculously appear on the bank, dressed in a change of clothes and reading a newspaper. Wow, I'd love to have seen that. I'm popping in to Sydney Gardens where, just behind the Holborn Museum, is a beautiful cafe. Time for a cup of tea. And I'm on to Rosemary Town. And after this, it's back to Laura Place where you can see Laura Chapel. Laura Chapel is an 18th century chapel that had space for a thousand people. I call that a church or even a cathedral. But the best thing about Laura Chapel is that it had a grand interior and even had fireplaces to keep the congregation warm in the winter. Jane Austen mentioned regularly attending a chapel in Bath and it's possible that this was the one as it was the chapel nearest to her home in Sydney Place. And that's the end of the walk. What a beautiful walk, taking me to places I've never been to in Bath, even though I've driven very, very near them. If you want to find out more, come on Saturday, the 11th of September, to Kensington Meadows, and you can talk to volunteers from Cleveland Pools. They'll be there between 11 and 3 p.m.
That's it for this episode of Footprints. Thank you for listening and don't forget to sign up for walks on Barscape's website, barscape.co.uk, as spaces are limited. Footprints was hosted and produced by me, Pomi Harmer. I hope to see you on one of the walks. <laughs>